0: Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host,
1: Leonard Birdsong.
0: Hello, folks. This is Birdsong again, back with you on the radio. I'm so happy to be here. I'm here with EJ today. We've got a good show for you. Of course, we're going to have some news of the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we usually start the program with. No dumb criminal law stories this week. Instead, I'm going to read some dumb, not dumb criminal stories, we're going to read some news tidbits. These are real news, they're short, things that maybe you probably haven't heard, but they're true news, and I want you to hear them. There will be three riddles, and a Paul Harvey story, and maybe a thought for the week that may strike you. I'm going to talk about integrity. But let's start with the news of the week, the good. There are several things good. When we left our program last week, the mail bomber who was sending pipe bombs to members of the Democratic Party as well as to um, the financer George Soros, he was arrested There's a news story about him. Starts out short of turning himself in. The suspect, mail bomber Cesar Altieri Sayak Jr., could have not done more to get caught. The clues that the investigators followed to his gaudy white van led to his arrest. What were some of the clues? Well, the first one was that He made the packages, mailed them, and he wrote on them, and he made spelling errors on the return addresses. They were all the same misspellings. On one of the pipe bombs, at least the envelope, they found his fingerprint, and they ran it through CODIS. I think that's what the FBI uses for fingerprints. And they found that he had been arrested. And where was he arrested? He had been arrested in Florida. Not once, not twice, but at least three times. Now, add to that, they noticed his van. They found out where it was, and they found that it was had,
1: plastered.
0: <laughs> well, you can say plastered, yes. I was looking for the right word. It had lots of things on it about Trump and Democrats. Trump, good. Democrats, bad. Then on one of the pipe bombs, they found his DNA. They tracked him to a store in Florida. It was an AutoZone store in actually Plantation, Florida. He was arrested. The van was uh, impounded. Supposedly, he lived in the van. Later information showed that in the van, there was soldering equipment and things you could use to make pipe bombs with. Now, his court-appointed lawyer says, well, This is not enough evidence. However, he's being held without bond. As a matter of fact, if he is prosecuted, he could get up to 48 years in jail. Now, that is the good. He has been arrested, and we will see what happens with him.
1: That's kudos to the FBI.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, there seems to be more bad news and ugly news than good news. But there is some more good news. Here's one. Most of you probably don't know. Even EJ, you may not know this. When I was in practice, I used to represent a lot of people from Ethiopia who had claims for asylum. I was doing immigration work, asylum work, and I came to know a lot about Ethiopia. I've never actually been there myself, but I know the capital is Addis Ababa. Here's a little story that was in the New York Times, at least a part of it. Comes from Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. A week after Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed of Ethiopia filled half of his new cabinet with women in a radical overhaul, the country's parliament took another step toward gender parity last week by appointing the country's first female president. Wonderful. Her name? Saleh Work Zawede, she's 68 years, a seasoned diplomat who had held positions in the United Nations and worked in peacekeeping operations in Africa. She accepted the position following the unprecedented appointments of women to lead the defense ministry and the secret intelligence agency. Uh, it's now called the Ministry of Peace. And uh, this is for Africa, this is really great news. We had a woman president... In Liberia, she just ended her term, and now we have our second female president in Africa. Good luck to her. That's wonderful. Most people don't know, in 1992, the United States actually helped Ethiopia write a new constitution. And this new Prime Minister, Abiy Ahmed, is living up to it and trying to get more women involved. That's a very good thing.
1: That is a good thing. Aren't they known for like childhood marriages and they have that genital.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. You're talking about female genital mutilation in yeah. some parts of Ethiopia. They still have that. It is a patriarchy system. Women usually have been held back. They're, they're the homemakers. They are the child bearers. Most of them have not been involved in politics or in Matters of state. However, the new Prime Minister is trying to change that and I think he should get kudos for that. We wish her success. Again, her name is Salahe Work Zewede, 68 years old. Beautiful lady. All right. So that's some of the good. Now I have to come to the bad. Some of this bad is mixed up with what I talked about before. I read papers, you know that. I read the New York Post, I read the Orlando papers, I read other papers. We're talking again about this fellow, Caesar Sayoc, who mailed all the bombs. The New York Post had a paper headline about him, steroid abusing Florida stripper. Driving Trump van is charged with dim bomb spree. That's <laughs> that's one of those crazy New York headlines. But they go on to say hot red handed. Turns out the man suspected of sending pipe bombs to top Democrats is actually ac- exactly who people think he would be a Trump fanatic driving around in a manifesto-covered van with CNN sucks stickers and Hillary Clinton in crosshairs. Caesar Sayoc, 56, was arrested and charged after the FBI lifted a fingerprint from the devices. Now, he is a guy who supposedly uses steroids. He was a bodybuilder. He has been a male stripper, and he works in a... Jiggle Joint, that is a gentleman's club, and he's the DJ there. He lives in his van. He's been estranged from his mother and his siblings for several years. According to other things I've read, that supposedly he had a lawyer a couple of years ago who got him out of a jam, but the lawyer says there's something about this client that's just not right. He's just not all there. We will find out more about him if time goes on, but he is bad.
1: Yeah, I know his uh, mother said that she didn't understand why he's doing, he did all that because she's a Democrat. And what I don't understand is I know he's half Filipino and half Italian. So why he would be against. The Democrats and for...
0: And immigrants, too.
1: And immigrants when he's, well, the issue is he's a minority. Italians faced a lot of discrimination when they came here. Um, Filipino, they're what, considered Hispanic? Mm, mm,
0: mm, No. No, Filipinos are Asians. Oh, right. But they
1: have a lot. They had, uh, they were owned by Spain. I guess that's why they spoke Spanish, right? Until 1890?
0: Yeah. They, they were ruled by Spain for many years. Not everyone there spoke Spanish, but many of them have Hispanic names. Right. But uh, we don't know if his family spoke Spanish or not, but he right. did go to high school in my Miami beach, North Miami beach. Did he? Well,
1: yes, but I think he was originally from Brooklyn. New York, from uh, Bensonhurst. But again, Italians have had a lot of, were treated badly by this country when they came here. And uh, as were Irish, so people need to search their own background to see what their and their ancestors faced before they look to
0: join these uh, white supremacy groups. All right, well, I was going into the bad, but I have to come back to the good. It's It's a mixed bag, and I say it's good, but what I'm talking about is that yesterday President Trump has talked about doing away with what's known as birthright citizenship. It's enshrined in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. If you are born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, You are a citizen at birth. Mr. Trump thinks that's wrong. He says no other country has this kind of law. He's wrong about that. At least 30 countries that I know of have what's known as birthright citizenship. Also, the whole concept goes back to ancient law. It came from the ancient Romans who had what was called jus soli. That is, if you're born in the country of Rome or the empire of Rome, you are a citizen. Then they had use sanguinis, which means that you could pass on your citizenship to your children, even if they weren't buried, um, uh, even if they weren't born in Rome itself. If your parents were Roman citizens, your children would be Roman citizens wherever. So he's wrong about all of this. I think it's just a ploy, just a ploy to get people out to vote to vote for him or to vote for his representatives who are in the Republican Party. The real problem is is that it takes a, what would you call it, uh, an amendment to the Constitution to uh, change the 14th Amendment birthright citizenship. The reason I know this is that there's an 1898 Supreme Court decision in favor of anyone born on the soil of the United States being a United States citizen. It was the case of the United States versus Wong Kim Ark. Again in nineteen eighty two it was updated that people born on the soil of the United States under the old ancient Roman law, you are a citizen. Doesn't matter of fact, doesn't matter who your parents were. So he's doing that, but he says he can sign an executive order to do away with this. Well that ain't gonna happen. It's just not going to happen. What do you think about that? Well,
1: when you say ain't going to happen, you mean that it's not, it couldn't be changed by an executive
0: order. Well, that's what I'm saying.
1: Because members of Congress have said uh, they're going to introduce, I think, um, this is his name, Lindsey Graham, said introduced a bill or is about to introduce a bill to achieve the same thing that maybe uh, members of Congress can can obtain, could reach the same. Uh, result by passing an act of Congress.
0: This has been going on for years. People have written bills to do this. They never go anywhere. Lindsey Graham is just kissing the patootie of Trump.
1: <laughs> well, I have to play devil's advocate because I think, uh, this, this refers to the anchor baby issue, quote unquote. And I think, um, there's been, Abuse. Foreigners know that this exists, that this loophole exists. And so people come here with no intention to live here. At least this gentleman back in the late 1800s was living here. Uh, his parents- And was born here. Born here, but I mean his father was here doing some work. That's when they hired a lot of Chinese and they were- Involved in building infrastructure, railroad track systems. But you have people who don't come here to live. They come here to give birth and then they go back home. And then when the child is old enough, they come back and the child is able to declare that I'm applying for college. I'm applying for scholarships and I'm I'm, I'm a citizen. That child has had no real exposure or experience being an American hasn't lived here to be, uh, to be Im- imbued with American culture and views and philosophy and beliefs. And they're coming here as Russians. Just, you know, Trump has, has a condominium or apartment building in Florida. Russians come there to give birth to children. So those are the people that don't need to be coming here. They go back to Russia and follow their communist views and are taught about the culture and Putin worshipping. And then they come back and then apply to, to the college, state colleges and Ivy League schools. Chinese people do the same thing.
0: Uh, Germans do the same thing. Not in the, not in the same numbers as Russians and, uh, Chinese, Chinese, but I lived in, in Germany. It was posted there and I had friends in, who lived down the street, who had two children born in the United States. But listen, I don't think that this is going to ruin the country. Trump is trying to scare everyone that there's an invasion of people coming to the United States who want to kill us. All these people coming from Central America, we're up in arms. They're coming to cut our grass. They're not coming (laughs) to kill us. They're not. They're just not
1: well the ones i'm talking about aren't coming to cut grass they're coming to go to harvard and then declare that uh, declare that they're not being treated fairly when they they didn't you know they didn't pay their dues here in america when they were born here as anchor babies and then those babies get to be adults and then they apply for uh their parents to become citizens who have access to this country what do you call that that
0: the trump called that they, they uh, call that chain migration right. however Talked it's not the, the real yeah, chain yeah. migration right. the problem let's be clear a person who has been born in the united states of foreign parents cannot get their parents here cannot petition for them to become green card holders until the child is 21 now that's a long waiting period yeah
1: but i mean it's, it's basically they're treating it as an investment for them to be able to later on, if they feel like it, move here. And, again, the child has no understanding of American culture, no beliefs about American culture.
0: And that's what I have a problem with. All right. I understand just what you're saying. Well, time is moving on here. We talked a little bit about the good, a little bit about the good, not, about the bad, rather. Now we need to talk about the ugly story has been written about what happened in Pittsburgh on last Saturday. The man authorities believe killed 11 people in a Pittsburgh syn- a synagogue, had a history of positing, or posting rather, racist anti-immigrant and anti-Semitic rants, and broadcast his violent intentions on last Saturday shortly before entering the house of worship with guns blazing. In a post- on a Twitter like site called Gab Robert Bowers, that's his name, ranted about H I A S. That's the uh, Hebrew Immigration Aid Society, a nonprofit that helps resettle immigrants. It's over 100 years old. He said that they are bringing invaders into the United States to kill our people. This fellow Boyer is 46 years old. He took three guns, three handguns, and an AR-15 rifle into the synagogue, killed eleven people, wounded six, got wounded himself, and now he is under arrest. He is a man of pure hate. The President of the United States has gone to Pittsburgh to help console people. However, they are burying their dead. Most people think that Trump should step out of the limelight a little bit and let these Jewish people please grieve in private.
1: Well, he went there. He showed up. Though he wasn't invited, he didn't care. He needed that uh, photo op making a statement the same day, introducing this, you know, um, proposing this executive order on the same day to go there to to, uh, supposedly pay his respects but it was to a, a congregation that was involved in bringing refugees here
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen this is the fact that there's a lot more to talk about but because of the time in our program we're going to have to say we're going to have to move on we're glad that you're listening that's the good the bad and the ugly news of the week that we wanted to talk about Stick with us. There's more to come. Hey, folks, this is Birdsong back with you. EJ's here. We've been talking about the news of the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you agree, so be it. If not, you could email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com and tell, you, tell me what you think. Today, I'm not going to do dumb criminal law stories. I have some news tidbits that I collect. These are real things from the news, true stories. Most of them come from the Associated Press. They've been written about. Sometimes you will hear them on the news. Most people don't. Here's the first one. You've all heard of the Pew Research Company. They take polls, and they take the pulse of what's going on in America. They've done some polling about supporting marijuana. The question is, how many Americans think marijuana should be legalized? Pew researchers asked this question to numbers of people in 2000, the year 2000. 31% of those polled agreed that marijuana should be legalized. They asked the same question in 2010. Do you think marijuana should be legalized? 32% of Americans' polled said yes. Skip to 2018, they asked the same question again. Do you think marijuana should be legalized? In this year, 2018, 62% of Americans believe that marijuana should be legalized. What a change. What a change. Mm -hmm. I don't smoke it myself. Mm -hmm. All right, there's more. The headline on this story, salute to Hero 12. A 12-year-old girl who tried to protect her family by jumping on the back of an armed robber has been honored by her Connecticut city. The city of Meridian, Connecticut, last week, honored Leslie Meza Ruiz. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't last week. It was the last part of August. I'm sorry. Her name, Lisa Meza Ruiz, was uh, honored for her bravery. Police say Meza Ruiz jumped on the back of the armed robber who was trying to steal cash out of the register at her family's convenience store. Now, Ms. Meza Ruiz is now getting free dance lessons for a year free karate lessons, and other treats. The city also declared uh, a a day in October that was Leslie Meza Ruiz Day. How old was she? Twelve years old. The mayor of the town, his name is Kevin Scarpati, told Meza Ruiz, you don't have a badge, but you have just as much bravery as our city's finest. Isn't that something? Twelve that years is old. Something,
1: but that's dangerous. He could have
0: knocked her across the room. That's right. Well, she was brave.
1: She was brave.
0: She's,
1: <clears throat> she's alive to, tell to, to accept all the gifts.
0: <laughs> all right. Here's a uh, here's a, a nasty one. A true story from the Associated Press. The headline: Kid sex pastor gets 18 years. A judge has sentenced a former pastor of a New Jersey church to 18 years in prison for denying his bid to withdraw his guilty plea in sexual assaults and other crimes involving five minors. Hmm. Burlington County Assistant Prosecutor Stephen Ife called 75-year-old Harry Thomas, quote, a devil in disguise. As part of a plea agreement, earlier this year the former Come Alive New Testament church pastor acknowledged sexual assault of a nine-year-old in 2005, sexual conduct conduct with three girls seven to nine years old in 2000 and 2010, and exposing himself and endangering the welfare of a girl between 2008 and 2010. Eighteen years probably ain't enough, but at least he's gone to prison for 18 years. What a perv. This next story, again from the Associated Press, is why I do not go on safari. I've lived in Africa. I do not want to go on safari. The headline, tourists killed by elephant. Oh gosh. An elephant trampled a German tourist to death while she was trying to take photos (laughs) of it. Authorities in Zimbabwe said in uh, this month, I'm sorry, in September, the end of September. Zimbabwe Parks and Wildlife Management Authority spokesman Tinashe Ferewo said the woman died of her injuries hours after the trampling on a Wednesday in the Mana Pools National Park. The woman, 49, was in a group of tourists who encountered a herd of elephants upon entering the park. The spokesman says, we are always asking people to stay away from the wild animals. They should keep a safe distance. Killings of locals and tourists by wild animals are common in the African nation of Zimbabwe, where wildlife authorities constantly struggle to contain potential contact between humans and animals. EJ, I ain't going to Zimbabwe. I <laughs> will tell you that. Or if
1: you are, you should have a lens that enables you to take
0: pictures <laughs> from a distance.
1: From a good distance. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, I ain't going. Don't worry. I've been to a lot of African countries. No close-ups. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of African countries. Zimbabwe is not one I'm going to. All right. Here's a here's an interesting one. This one comes from Florida. They just always stories from Florida. The headline, Stores New Rule, No Microwaving Pea Soup. A Florida gas station owner has placed a sign in his store asking customers not to warm urine in the microwave. Parul Patel said he's sick and tired of people walking into his BP gas station and on-the-fly convenience store in Jacksonville to warm their containers of urine. The store is within walking distance of two drug-testing labs that collect <laughs> urine samples. Patel said that when he asked one woman not to warm urine, she demanded to see a sign banning the act. <laughs> so he made one, says, no microwaving PEE soup. <laughs> True story. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess if you heat the urine, perhaps you will have a negative urine test. I don't know. I've never gotten into that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's sort of nasty. Please put a <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, heating your pee <laughs> in the store's microwave. That's horrible. they <laughs> probably using his cups, too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, here's one headline. A Rhode Island polls bagged over Pot Hall. A Rhode Island gubernatorial candidate was arrested a few weeks ago. After police said they found 48 pounds of illegal marijuana in the home he shares, she shares with, her, rather with a contender for attorney general. Uh-oh. Anne Armstrong, the compassion party candidate, and Alan Gordon, the party's um, uh, attorney general, Hopel, didn't enter guilty pleas, but each were held on $25,000 bond. Police said that they received a complaint of a strong weed owner, and police found Illegal plants and a 15 year old. Charges including contributing to the uh, delinquency of a minor was one of the things. Armstrong sent a tweet calling the incident an atrocity. The couple run a church that considers (laughs) cannabis (laughs) to be healing. Now we know the rest of the story, don't we? (laughs) Well, they're in the clink now.
1: It is healing in some states. That's right. Considered uh, legitimate.
0: Yep, yep, that's right. But not in Rhode Island, from what I can figure out. Now, here's one. Here's the headline. He died doing what he loved. A legendary nightclub promoter dubbed Italy's most successful lover died while having sex two weeks ago. He was 63. His name? Maurizio Zanfanti, a.k.a. the Romeo of Rimini, mm-hmm. who is said to have slept with up to 6,000 women, had a fatal heart attack during a romp with a decades younger woman. Mm. He died doing what he loved.
1: With his boots on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if he had his boots on or not, but he probably had a good time. All right. He met his match. He met his match. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. Let's see. I've got a few more here. Which one? Maybe maybe not all of them, but let's see. I
1: think I heard about him. They compared him to... uh
0: Don Juan? Chamberlain,
1: the basketball player.
0: Oh, wouldn't, yeah, 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 right. Here's one from Orlando. A Florida woman... Who ordered a set of Dr. Seuss books for her granddaughter said the package finally arrived. 20 years late, Ugh. Vera Walker of Orlando bought the Horton books for her four year old granddaughter, who is now has a five year old daughter herself, oh, a five year old son, I rather, mm-hmm. of her own. In 1998, a post office uh, representative, well, the, the books were ordered in 1998. However, the books just showed up a couple of weeks ago. A post office representative told Miss Walker that the box with the books had been found stuck inside an old mailbox. Now I don't know what that means, but 20 years that was there. <laughs> I guess
1: she she can't meet the 30-day return policy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. All right, our last story. Headline: Note to Parents, Don't Teach Your Toddler How to Use a Paper Shredder. Ben and Jackie Bellnau, nope, Ben and Jackie Bell Knapp of Salt Lake City left an envelope containing one thousand sixty dollars in cash out on a counter. The money was supposed to go toward football season tickets, but the envelope vanished the next day. The couple immediately identified the suspect. Mm -hmm. Who was it? Their two-year-old son, Leo. Mm -hmm. Jackie, it seems, had taught the boy how to help shred junk email, Mm -hmm. and he had put the new skill to use. Mm -hmm. She said, quote, this will make a great wedding story someday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was
1: just trying to be helpful.
0: That's right. Kids do that. They really do. (laughs) All right. Those are the news tidbits for this week. I've got some riddles here. EJ, you ready? I'm ready. First riddle. What do you call a monkey that flies? What do you call a monkey that flies? Think about it. Second riddle. Hmm. Did you hear about the skunk that wrote a book? Did you hear the one about the skunk that wrote a book? And number 3, what kind of crackers do vegetarians What kind of crackers do vegetarians not eat? I'll come back at the end of the show and I'll read the, what the answers are. If you haven't figured them out, think about them now. They're not that difficult. This is Birdsong. There's more to come. Stick with us. Don't go away. Folks, back here. This is birdsong. I'm with you every week. I have my friend EJ with me. As you know, I read Paul Harvey stories, stories that were written by his son, Paul Arant. Last week, last week the World Series ended. The Red Sox won the World Series. I think the fourth time since 2004. Congratulations to them. Here's a little story about a World Series. It's called Cubs Curse. By mid-baseball season 1945, there was magic in the air around Chicago's Wrigley Field. The Cubs were leading the league by three and a half games. They had a phenomenal pitching staff heralded by ace Hank Wise. Then, on July 27th, the club acquired yet another super pitcher, Hank Bowery. He was came from the Yankees. Bowery's opening game for the Cubs was a shutout. It was a harbinger of spectacular things to come. In the bleachers of Wrigley Field, cheering each home game, were the fans, and one fan in particular, a Chicago tavern owner named Bill Ciannis. Even those who did not know Bill by name could identify him. To strangers, he was simply the fellow with the goat. He he brought his pet goat to each and every home game. Spectators often asked Bill if the goat were a team mascot or something of the kind, and he would answer nothing of the kind. The goat was his pet, almost like a friend to him, and the animal was especially fond of baseball. That seemed true enough. Before each game started, the goat would prance restless, restlessly in the aisles, his eyes searching the stands for who knew what. But at the cry of, play ball, the goat's gaze would be fixed on the field. He would just sit there with his master, apparently engrossed in the activity of the athletes. Some said the animal would even bleat with delight whenever the crowd roared over an exciting play. Then one day, in the incredible season of 1945, the Cubs won the pennant. Yep, they won the pennant. Chicago's National League team was in the World Series. Because of wartime travel restrictions, the first three series games were scheduled to be played in Detroit. That's the home of the American League champion Tigers. And the remaining games were to be played in Chicago. First game was a shutout. Cubs, nine. Tigers, nothing. Detroit rallied in the second game, won four to one. But then in the third game, Chicago pitcher Claude Passeau pitched the second one hitter in a World Series. This is uh, produced another Cubs shutout. Three to nothing. And then the Cubs came home. Leading the series 2-1, to one, they would now play the remainder of the series in home park Wrigley Field. How could they lose? Well, I don't know if this answers the question, but what happened next is the rest of the story. When Bill Cyanus and his goat arrived at Wrigley Field for game four of the 1945 World Series, there were... They were apprised of a very recent regulation. What was the regulation? No goats allowed. Bill explained how his goat had relished the regular season, had rooted vigorously for the home team, and now to miss the conclusion of the World Series would be the greatest disappointment of the goat's life. But Bill's protests were summarily disregarded. The goat was out. And that was that. And that was the origin of the Cubs' curse. Then and there, Bill Cyanis declared that the Cubs would lose the series and would never win another pennant in Wrigley Field. 2-1 to one lead ahead and only home games left, the Cubs nevertheless lost the 1945 World Series. Coincidence or curse? No coincidence or curse? The Cubs, until this time, have never won another pennant. This story was written in 1983. Now for the rest of the story. The Cubs never won a pennant and never went to the World Series again until 2016. 71 years after the 1945 edict. No goats allowed. The Cubs curse. Now you really know the rest of the story. (laughs) (laughs) This is Birdsong. We'll be back with you. end of the show. EJ, are you enjoying today? Sure Did you like that Cubs curse story? <laughs> the goat was so disappointed.
1: I wonder if they remove
0: that edict. Well, I don't know. I, I don't. Won. I don't know if they let goats <laughs> into Wrigley Field now. But anyway, we got these riddles here. I want to give you the answers. What do you call a monkey that flies? What do you call a monkey that flies? I don't know. You call it a hot air baboon. Did you hear the one about the skunk that wrote a book? No. You probably didn't because it was a best smeller. (laughs) Finally, what kind of crackers do vegetarians not eat? What kind of crackers do vegetarians not eat? That's simple.
1: I can't think of it.
0: They don't eat animal crackers. Oh, <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I'm having fun here with EJ. I hope you enjoy some of our information and news. Here's a little story to think about. My colleague, Dave Bill Davidson, sends me these words of wisdom. This one's called Integrity. It is crucial to maintain integrity by taking care of the little things. Many people fail to understand this crucial piece. They think they can do whatever they want when it comes to the small things because they believe that as long as they don't have any major lapses, they're doing well. This, however, is not the way it works. Webster's Dictionary describes integrity as, quote, adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character and honesty, end quote. Ethical principles are not flexible, Integrity commits itself to character over personal gain, to people over things, to service rather over power, to principle over convenience, to the long view over the immediate gain. Determined to do the right thing, even when it's painful. That's integrity. That's my thought for this week. EJ, let's say goodbye to good people out there.
1: Au revoir. Be in, in, have integrity. <laughs> Don't pay attention to our current administration as a guide. We're taught the opposite to him in yeah. our school.
0: Amen. Integrity indeed. Adios, folks. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. See you next time. This is Birdsong and my friend EJ. We're out.
1: A <laughs>